We use things that we saw in a logical way and piece them together to make sense. Let's say we could be the official gatekeepers of the Sabrina expanded universe because you know we thought yeah we thought, we've sort of thought of how this you know this sort of fantasy sitcom could apply to the wider world and the geopolitical reality. We are like a cross between Sherlock and the Three Stooges. That's exactly what we are. <laughs> That's exactly what we are. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to see the next James Bond film where James Bond is openly talking about witchcraft. Particularly, I'd much rather see Connery James Bond deal with it <laughs> and him to call it sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three composed and charismatic chaps talk about all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Not at all the the same time, of course, but one episode and one week at a time. Uh, My name is Phil. I am your host and your guide to this magical journey. As always, to my right is my good companion, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. You never introduced me first. Hi, Phil. Hiya. Hiya. I'm all right. A little bit. Oh, I feel feel privileged. Getting alphabetical with it. (laughs) Probably how it should be. Exactly. Uh, So, Chris, how are you? I'm sober. We are, yes. Well, we are, we've returned from our holidays, so the past two sort of alcohol-infused episodes uh, are behind us. Uh, as you can tell, the pace is probably uh, pick, picked up a little bit compared to the last few. So, yes, we are sober, and we are just high on life this week. Uh, did you enjoy this episode? I, I did. I did enjoy this episode. You got a little uh, angry, and I oh, told you to calm down. I, I'm going to try my best to remain calm throughout this podcast. Yes. See... see See what new angle I can bring to not becoming angry. Yeah, because Chris, as we know, is the fiery one of the gang. Uh, The intellectual one of the gang, the man who knows everything about anything, is the man to my left, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. The capital of Kazakhstan is Astana. (laughs) (laughs) She was a wrestler, wasn't she? Aksana. <laughs> uh, how are you going? I'm, I'm very good. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this episode too. It was set on Mars, which was very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yes, so uh, this episode is number 16, entitled Mars Attracts. Um, boys, I'm going to remind you just what it was about, in case you've forgotten already. Uh, whilst on her skiing holiday on Mars, Sabrina meets a hunky ski instructor who tests her relationship with Harvey. This episode is all about conflicting uh, feelings for multiple boys in Sabrina's case. Boys, can we relate to Sabrina? Sort of a a choice to make between two potential paramours. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Comes up from time to time, yeah. Yeah, did you, could you relate this, um, an incident happened in your past, Chris, about having conflicting uh, feelings for multiple girls? Yes. Is it still continuing? No, but (laughs) we, we... Let's just not talk about okay, it. Okay, let's not. It's, it's always it a dark subject. It didn't end well. <laughs> okay. uh, so, will it end well for Sabrina? Well, let's find out. So the episode opens up. Uh, and we're at the Spellmans, and the ladies are just finishing their dinner, debating whether Sabrina has eaten all of her lima beans. Yeah. Lima beans, are they a stable diet? I can't say I've ever had them. I think they only exist in American TV, don't they? <laughs> I think so. I, I don't know what a lima bean is. In, yeah. in a, it, it, you know how an eggplant... Over there is an aubergine here, mm. so lima bean there must be like kidney beans here. I, I don't I, know. Yeah, they're think... kind of like green kidney beans. Yeah, I have like no it. idea what Never it could know be. Never know eaten a lima bean. No. They could be broad beans for all we know. Yeah, you know? but uh, yeah, so they're debating whether Sabrina's eaten them all or not because obviously she's a child, she's a teenager, she doesn't want to eat her greens. Anyway, Zelda, smelling a rat, decides to use a spell that reveals and brings back any food that has been magicked away, causing Sabrina to dive to the floor as a cloud burst of lima beans floods the dining room. Making a very loud bang. Yeah, there's a massive clatter which made us wonder, that must have hurt. And, and how they were, how do you think they were kept up? Well, you this? know, you know, in those like um, discos, I'm using air quotes here, discos. And they have that, like, net of balloons that get released at a certain Uh, point. I'm thinking the lima beans were in a much smaller net. And then just a press of a button. I like to think it was two crew members on ladders on the other side of the set. (laughs) Just with a a crate of beans. And they're going, one, two, three. 
should just pour them all out because they, yeah, they make a fucking clatter. They like, do. They, um, so the theme that she's dressed up as um, this week is a biker. Was that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, biker chick. She says she needs to ride, go and ride her pig. Wait, no, my hog. It brings up so many questions. Yeah, like why are these never funny? <laughs> and. Why don't they just stop? So, anyway, <laughs> after that, she's made that uh, motorcycle gag. Uh, we're outside the Spellman's house as we catch the three witches stargazing through a telescope, pointing out specifically the planet Mars, where they shall be spending their winter vacation. Sabrina asks whether they'll meet any Martians, to which Hilda replies, No! Oh, geez, Sabrina, get in touch with reality. Which is quite hilarious, because let's face it, they're three witches. I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the joke. Yeah, it is. However, yeah. something which isn't... <laughs> something, though, which isn't funny, guys, uh, unfortunately, is another um, plot hole or something which hasn't really carried through. Okay. Um, there's I many. You, there's I many. I don't know if you picked this out. They were saying, like, will I meet any Martians? And they're like, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> don't be stupid. Martians don't exist. However... I'm pretty sure in the Halloween story episode where they're chatting to what's the what's the cousin called? I forgot the Oh Marigold. Marigold. Oh yeah. Marigold. She talks about when she used to live on Mars, she used to date Martians. Does she? Yeah. Oh. No. Well then. Maybe they just mean that they're not little green men. Yeah. They're not yeah, but alien. Anyway, uh, we're at school and we're in I can't believe it, boys. We're in history class. Yes! Ow! Same classroom, everything facing the other way. Yeah, um, yeah if, if something isn't set in Mr. Poole's class, it's a different classroom. Or well, it's the same classroom, just a different uh, yeah. subject. Brand new teacher, don't know her name, but we don't care because we won't see her again. Um, and brand new subject, which is history. I don't quite know what they were talking about. Something the, about Louis the 15th, 15th yeah. 14th Sorry, French. We're, we're talking about uh, the, the French-Spanish... Wars, I presume. Yeah, yeah, either the Franco-Spanish War, maybe the French Revolution, yeah. or some shit. There was there was something going on, a whole lot of Louis, and <laughs> um, the, the class just finishes because they're all too distracted because it's winter break is coming up and they can't wait to finish. So the bell goes, and but not before Sabrina and Harvey are talking about what their plans are for the break. Um, Harvey turns to Sabrina and asks her what she's doing over the break. She says, I'm skiing with her aunts. Way up north, she says. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, Harvey tells her that he's staying at home doing stuff, hoping Sabrina was too, so they can do stuff together. Now, back in my day, stuff meant something else. Which is what? What stuff still means today. What, like like Netflix and stuff? Yeah, Netflix and chill, I believe, is, yeah, yeah. is, is the phrase. Or, you know, yeah. What? Hulu and hang. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we have to establish, like, I'm not entirely sure that Harvey or Sabrina, I don't know why, because they are 16, but I don't know, I don't think Harvey or Sabrina really actually seems to, well, it's because it's a kid's show, I know, but they don't seem to know what sex is. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think think to them stuff would mean stuff. I think it's just going to the slicery every day, maybe. Yeah. Or just going, going to the movies. Yeah. I think that's all. Just harmless fun. We weren't all dirty 16-year-olds, Christopher. I was not a dirty 16-year-old. You said stuff back in your day, stuff meant that, being dirty? Yes, it did. You can talk about stuff. Yeah. I mean, you did stuff. But the thing is, you know, like, certainly it was like, do it meant sex. Like, very innocuous things we took to mean sex. Yeah, meeting as well. Meeting. (laughs) Are you a fridge or a freezer? Are you a fridge or a freezer? I mean, meeting is a very, very impractical teenage sort of term, certainly in sort of this general sort of region of uh, of England, to mean uh, you snog somebody, you met them. Yeah, I'd like to know how far sort of the, the words of meeting and met stretches, maybe nationally, internationally maybe, but yeah, yeah, it was just, oh, well, you meet my mate. And it was, yeah, that was not just a... Uh, uh, like say meet- hello how do you do yeah it wasn't like a, a meet and greet of a oh hello nice to meet you it was just stick your tongue down it's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that was yeah meeting um so yeah maybe it's just just like that stuff could mean also uh i i'd like to know as well across the nation what did you used to call it yeah please let us know if it was just simple like snogging just, oh yeah get coughing off yeah necking uh, tonsil tennis macking that's, <laughs> Mac- an, that's an Americanism macking that is macking. Yeah. but yeah please let us know what you used to call it as a teenager we'd like to know oh exactly we would tweet us hashtag meat 
Hashtag uh, meet M E E T, not M E A T. So yeah, Harvey says that he uh, was doing stuff and he hopes that Sabrina would do stuff. To which Sabrina replies, "Oh, I wish you told me. I love doing stuff." Oh, she does. Does so, she? So maybe stuff does kind of mean giggity, <laughs> giggity. Yeah. Um, miffed that Harvey is all alone, Sabrina suddenly doesn't show any interest on going on holiday. They awkwardly shake hands and count down the six days till the next time they're together. I think this time we sort of, because, you know, we've had episode upon episode of this sort of like, what the fuck is going on with these two? Um, You know, why aren't they acting like a couple when we seem to have reached a point where that had taken place, you know, them properly getting together? And I think in this episode we kind of realise... Why? Although I don't think it was part of the long-term plan. I think it was just, oh, we'd better do something with this mm. now. They don't really seem to know how to be together. And mm. I think that's sort of the problem that, you know, obviously we've got a recurring thing with handshakes in this episode. They sort of, they don't really know what it means. They don't really know what the difference is. So at least that was sort of clarified in this episode, yeah, why I, they are so cold with each other. I guess it's kind of like, oh, well, we we can definitely tell we like each other, though we won't say it. Maybe we should go out because that's what people our age do do I guess but it's just like oh well how do we act like this next level and and you know Harvey seems a lot more cool with it like like he's expecting uh, a kiss or a hug at the very least and Sabrina's a little bit weary bit nervous so she just extends a hand now um, I can see Chris is getting red in the face and he's biting on his knuckle almost to the bone Chris have you got something to say we expressed that they shook, ha- shook hands yeah. right and I'd just like to point out that in a previous episode, yeah. when Hilda and Zelda were the, in the teenage years, Harvey put his arms around her when she was cold. Yeah. In essence, held her. Yeah. Hugged her. If that was me saying goodbye to someone who was going away for six days on holiday, and I had already held them, I would not be happy with the handshake, I would desire the hug. So why didn't they hug? How I see that is that there was another motive to that. It was, I do kind of want to hold Sabrina, but I don't want to outrightly do that. So I'll say, oh, are you cold? I'll warm you up. I think it was. I think he was more comfortable with that because if Sabrina was like, oh, what are you doing? He'd be like, oh, well, it's you're, you're cold. I'm warming you. Whereas asking for a hug or a kiss or a handshake or something is... That's that's something specific that you want. There's no yeah. there's no other way to read it. It's just also, I want I want to show affection. Also, or receive like, it. as we see in you know this sort of exchange here, like Harvey wants to do more than that, but Sabrina doesn't, and obviously he instigated the whole holding thing as well. It seems like he is more comfortable with taking it further physically than mm. she is, for whatever reason. Don't even have to be as old as sixteen to be more intimate than these guys in this day and age. But you know, I think it's just it's just too innocent. Young kids. I haven't even seen them hold hands. Well, they held hands for a little bit in a split second when they <laughs> when they <laughs> when they shook hands. But that was a handshake. I mean, like walking right. down the street, holding hands. That's true, yeah. Walking down the, the the corridor, holding hands. They've not even shared an ice cream. But anyway, no, no. But they have shared a pizza. That's they true. have. Yeah, that's very very mm. true. Back at home, and Sabrina is protesting against going on holiday, saying she wants to stay with Harvey and look after Salem, who is in desperate need of a break from the family himself. I can relate to Salem. Yeah. Fine, I'll go to Mars, but I won't have any fun, Sabrina says. It's not like you're not going to ever see Harvey again, Hilda says. Suddenly, the doorbell goes, and who should be at the door? Harvey. It's Harvey, who stopped by to drop off some... (laughs) some mitten minders. Tiny braces that stick through your sleeves to prevent losing your gloves. This, what a sweetheart. This guy, like, I have seen kittens who are not as sweet and cute as Harvey, like, and as innocent as well. Yeah. It's so cute. I mean, something as well, I don't know if you picked up, he says, oh, my brother swears by them. So he's clearly, he's clearly the middle child. Has he got middle child syndrome? Is that why oh, he's got all oh, these hell yeah. issues? Uh, I th- I th- well, we haven't heard about his little brother like at all, have we? We've heard about his older sister. But we assume from his dependence on mitten minders that he's probably a very small child. So he probably gets all the sort of, you know, all the lovey-dovey attention. His, his, you know, beast of a sister 
gets you know all this you know you're, you're a great you know you're a great athlete and you know you sort of this you know this you, you know you could, you could be this sort of big this big star um, sort of attention and then Harvey gets nothing. So we find that Harvey has a younger brother who swears by these mitten miners, which is uh, really cute. And yeah, they are just little tiny braces that stick out your your sleeves to make sure your gloves don't fall off. And Sabrina says, "Oh, they're cute and stretchy." Sabrina suggests that she should call Harvey from the lodge. He suggests tonight, and she says, "Okay." So does Harvey, and they cheekily, so does Salem. Did you hear that? Yeah, okay. He just goes, okay, okay. And Salem goes, okay. And Harvey looks towards him. And Sabrina pretends it's the house creaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, these old houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they're always saying words. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, and uh, tomorrow? You've all heard that, you know, that... Um, you know, you're trying to sneak into someone else's room or sneak to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you've been tiptoeing across your um, your landing and it goes, right, right, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it all happens. Lima bean, lima <laughs> bean, lima bean. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's very... Oh, I mean, well, Harvey buys it anyway. Cause yeah, that's true. Yeah, and but so, then Harvey buys a lot of things. Very including much. Mitten Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey! So Salem does say okay, which is a bit weird, uh, possibly exposing himself, but he just says he got caught up in the sweet moment. Um, no, he just wanted to ruin everything. Yeah, he just wanted to expose everything. Oh, well, we don't have to pretend anymore. He just hates being a cat, doesn't he? Uh, anyway, they say the goodbyes and awkwardly handshake once again. Just hug already, I think Chris screamed at the TV. No, I said something else. Packed and ready to go, the Spellmans head into the linen closet and Salem is left with instructions. Don't eat all the food and no parties, giving him a wicked idea. But one thing he says is, oh, okay, don't eat the food, oh, you know, because I'm an animal or something. Yeah, I can't control my impulses or yeah, something like that. His animal impulses, yeah. So, yeah, he's been left in charge of the house and, yeah, them mentioning a party made him realise, oh, maybe I should have a party. And the good news is we do find out about this uh, this party. I mean, you guys were a bit myth in the last episode. Yeah, he actually um, makes use of his time alone, but I would have liked to have seen more of his party. Yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen, like, beginning to end, like, him greeting people at the door. Yeah. How yeah. did he open the door? Yeah, that, that would have been, like that. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him greet, yeah, people uh, uh, and put an order in for all all the food that they need to eat. You know, it, the, the, yeah. there's things that need to go into a yeah. party. I mean, I mean, we'll we'll discuss the the kitty party sort of a bit uh, later on when we get to it. Well, but, it's uh, not a kitty party that I know anyway. I just want I just want I just want to follow um, Salem for a day, really. That'd be a good episode, just, wouldn't just, it? Just, just see how he does everything, to be honest. Well, we are hugely fascinated about Salem origin stories, aren't we? So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it would be interesting to find out. But uh, nonetheless, we do see a bit of what he does on his uh, time away from the family. So we've got that to look forward to. Anyway, we arrive in the icy Mars Lodge after a stock footage of Mars, the red planet. Um, and, yeah, something that we didn't know is, is that Mars is cold or icy. Well, it has two ice caps. Much like Earth, which I presume is why it was sort of chosen as a skiing destination. So I guess they must be either at the very top or very bottom of Mars. Yeah, I'd probably say at the very top. Yeah, yeah, yeah top of Mars. Yeah. She said she was going way up north. Yeah, exactly. After all. No, that yeah, makes that was sense. In space, though, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, it could also be a reference to the north of Earth. Is it? So oh, yeah, it's on top of it. Uh, so we arrive in the icy Mars, as we say, and Hilda and Zelda immediately begin their vacation. Zelda loves skiing, and Hilda loves lodging. She says, uh, Hilda sits on the couch with a huge stack of magazines, catalogues, and War and Peace. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she says she's going to read that last. Or, well, she's not really going to read it at all, is she? No, I she think is, she'll just it, read It's evil, yeah. witch, isn't she? It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, bro, a stack of books with me, whatever, but a couple of magazines. You read the magazines, no one ever reads the book. Yeah. I read the book, because I only bring the book. Mm. But no, War and Peace, have you read War and Peace? I haven't read War and Peace. Ask me if I'm going to read War and Peace. Are you going to read War and Peace, Chris? No! No. I don't read books, so... Some intellectual I am. <laughs> well, you know your stuff, though. Sabrina, bored already, wants to call Harvey. However, she can't, as Mars is so ahead in the time zone, it's still yesterday on Earth. And Harvey's brain will explode, apparently. I think a lot of things would make Harvey's brain explode. Yes. So does does that mean they've time-travelled, then? Well, no, it's just the same way as, as what we were discussing just outside of the episode, just about travelling to... Yeah, time zones and things. Yeah. Oh, they've, not, they've not gone in time, they've just travelled... You know, when you... Uh, <laughs> it's like it just—is it an episode of Family Guy where Peter goes somewhere? He's like Australia. It's so far ahead, and he calls up Joe, and he goes, "Hey, Joe, guess what's about to happen?" Who is this? It's Peter. 
That's impossible. Peter died six hours ago. <gasps> we can't go back. He's <laughs> like, so it's you know, it's not a you know, it's, he's not travelled in time. It's just in terms of the theory of relativity and and Einstein with the the moving train and the perceiving of the two strikes of lightning. Technically, they have travelled in time. No. Well, we're travelling. We're travelling time right now. No, we? no, no. I mean, like in terms of the fact that they left. Earth yesterday and they arrived on Mars tomorrow but it's still yesterday on Earth so therefore they've travelled in time haven't they travelled sideways in time they've sort of almost paused time by going to Mars yeah I guess so okay I, I'll accept that they've paused time on Earth to travel to Mars okay I'll yeah, accept that I'll accept yeah. that so um, yeah, so they've uh, whatever they've done, they've arrived at Mars. And <laughs> they've arrived at Mars. It's tomorrow, but on Earth, it's still yesterday. Yes. So. so as much as she wants to call Harvey straight away, she can't because you know he's probably still in school next to Sabrina, receiving a phone call or something. It's That's very... what I mean. Yeah. That's where it doesn't make sense it's, to me. Yeah, it's very very weird. So um, yeah, so she can't. So she's got to wait until tomorrow just to speak to him today. Very very weird, but. Well, it's time travel. I think our brains are going to explode. Never mind Harvey's. Then we get a montage. Oh, we do. Oh, man. That we do. And we... we it was a toss-up. Are we, are we going to say this is yes, this, is this yeah. week's... I would not necessarily say the montage itself, though it does include a lot of stock footage of actual professional skiers wearing different outfits to uh, Beth Broderick. Mm. Uh, and we get some terrible, like... Um, Back projection, uh, close-ups of her uh, skiing. Yeah, it's, um, it's the style of presentation of it. It's the it? presentational style, but it's more than anything else, the music. So, um, we're going to talk about this montage as being our... That's so 90s! So, yeah, the That's So 90s this week is this particular uh, montage which screams 90s. Again, not necessarily what's going on, but the way it's presented. So, talk us through it. The montage, Chris. Tell us about it. Okay, so the montage itself is prime real estate of any 90s film, or or even 80s for that matter. You look at films such as uh, Rocky... And there's always that training montage. Uh, even you, Phil, you used a, a training montage in uh, in one of your short I films. I did, yes. You know? yes. Uh, and it's, it is just the pinnacle of a 90s TV show or film. There is always this bizarre montage of something. What Sabrina does... Uh, it what Sabrina the Teenage Witch does is they use it and they do use it in such a way that it does take a bit of the mickey out of it so you've got yeah. Hilda there reading magne- magazines throwing them around and we get to see the aftermath of that afterwards and then we've got Beth Broderick clearly in front of a green screen <laughs> yeah. where they've superimposed this mountain and a purple sky with some music that is just I the only way you can really describe it is sheer montage music, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where it's like ding, 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 and then when it's when it's a stock footage of someone skiing, where they've just gone, oh Beth, uh, can you wear a blue coat? Because the footage we've got, there's a man wearing a blue coat. We can maybe pass it off as for yourself. And when they're playing this stock footage, she's just going, woo, yeah, I love this I planet. Love, I love this planet. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then you've got, and then you cut to Hilda who. They're trying to make her reading magazines exciting and the camera's just zooming in and out and in and out and she's just throwing books around. It's so... It's so nice. It's so weird. It's so 90s. But like Chris says, it is like a piss take off montage. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's intentionally shit. And it is very funny, but it is also very 90s. Yeah. Um, And the one we weren't sure about was it's still a worthy mention um, is we noticed it in the last episode, but you see it um, a bit more close is Harvey's ear piercing. Upper ear piercing. He's got a mid ear piercing on one ear and a top of ear piercing on, uh, on his other ear. I think, yeah, just sort of. On otherwise sort of clean cut people, not people who are covered in tattoos and piercings, just you know, just a nice boy and a boy as well at that, like Harvey. Um, just yeah, just sporting just piercings on random locations in his ear and was like he shut his eyes and said, I want to there. It's a toss up, but yeah, the that's so nineties is nineties montages and Harvey's ears. Yay. 
So we've had the funky 90s montage and tomorrow arrives and the ladies both decide to do pretty much the exact same thing again. Apart from Sabrina who will write in her journal counting down 12 hours until she can finally call Harvey. As she waits by the phone she interacts with a strange conspicuous bloke called Warren. Um, who is got one of those faces from one of those guys and why would that be Graham? Yeah, he's, he's one of those that guys that has been in many, many sort of um, films and television programmes over the years in memorable roles because he is, you know, what they call a character actor, somebody who usually plays somebody sort of very eccentric and, you know, sort of uh, distinctive. I mean, he looks very distinctive, um, but he's very rarely in a starring role just because he's not got, you know, that leading man sort of uh, look and quality to him. But nonetheless, he's been in many things, particularly in, in the 90s. He had roles in Groundhog Day and the, There's Something About Mary, um, a very memorable role in Scary Movie 2. Um, yeah, he played the butler. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was like, take my strong hand! <laughs> and I had no idea it was him until we were researching stuff, so that's that's cool. I've learned something today. And he was in How I Met Your Mother, and also, um, you informed me, he... Won awards for writing jokes for David Letterman. Also he did, yeah. He's a Primetime Emmy Award winner. Not necessarily on his own, but as as a collective yeah. for writing on that show. So still, he's, he's a very funny bloke. Yeah, he is. Definitely. And he plays a very, very funny character. And we'll see more of Warren um, a little bit later on because we're going into straight into another cast member as, uh, while she's waiting by the phone, uh, Sabrina stumbles across a gentleman, a hunky gentleman at that, by the name of Doug, who is the resident ski instructor. Sabrina becomes completely infatuated with the man immediately and soon changes her mind about having a ski lesson. Now, who would this man be? Surely hunky enough. Some say he may be beautiful. Yes, some do indeed. Um, his name is David Chikachi, we believe. Chokichi or... Chokichi or Chukichis. Um He played the most 90s named character I've ever heard of, <laughs> Cody Madison. <laughs> wow. Uh, Cody Madison in Baywatch. Um, but yes, um, he was indeed, at this very moment in time, considered, certainly by the people at People magazine, amongst the 50 most beautiful people in the world. Wow. 1997. Now, uh, just before we do this, Chris, you, um, when we talked about um, sexy women when uh, Raquel Welch was on, the sexiest women of the 21st century. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to read... Uh, 20th century even. We're going to read this list and I want you to give your honest opinion on... Okay. If you get your, your oomph factor. If I get my oomph factor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so where, where are we starting from? We're starting from number six. Okay. So number six. Okay. Uh, so, number six, Lucy Lawless. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. I love me a bit of Lucy Lawless. Number five, Gillian Anderson. G- uh, X-Files Gillian yeah, Anderson, yes. who later then went on to do Hannibal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she's the American Gods now as well, isn't she? Oh, she is just astounding. And number four, uh, Miss Gwen Stefani. I'll give you that. She's 1997, Gwen yeah, Stefani. She's got yeah, she's audience. And yeah. at the end of the day, she has not aged at all. No, no that's, that's true. That's true yeah. uh, number three, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take a, yeah. I'll take a piece of that ass. And then uh, we're going to skip to number one because I want to go back to number two. Number one, Kristen Scott Thomas. Was that the most beautiful woman in the world in 1997? Well, most beautiful person. Person, male and female woman, yeah. in the world in 1997. I know, mm, but she is damn right attractive. Okay. I, I, yeah, Kristen Scott Thomas, okay. yes please. So we need to talk to you about number two. Number two uh, was um, the only male in the, to place in the top six. Um, it was not Tom Cruise, it was not Brad Pitt, it was not Leo DiCaprio. They all placed in the list, but much, much lower. Number two, second most beautiful person in the world, most beautiful man, in 1997, according to People magazine, Michael Bloody Flatley, <laughs> the Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance said he, Michael Flatley. Now, I have not seen a picture of Michael Flatley from 1997. I'm assuming you two have. Yeah. Yeah. Does he warrant that title? Absolutely not. Phil <laughs> sourced this picture for me because I couldn't really recall in my head what Michael Fatley looked like at any point in his life. Yeah, and this and this was like during this time. So this was middle of uh, the year. So this was yeah uh, June 1997. Yeah. It was uh, chatting on Jay Leno. So you know it's the 90s. Yeah, he looked like one creepy motherfucker. And I, I guess then how he did looked, he get he number like, two? He looked like a blonde, thinner Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, he, I guess. I mean. He, I guess he is a beautiful dancer. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's the. Uh, He's got a beautiful soul, beautiful, beautiful heart, soul. beautiful passion. Yeah, I think, yeah. I but think. a peculiar looking man. Yeah. So, how did he get number two? 
Um, I don't Maybe know. someone at People is a flatly. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. We should but, have a look at the publication history in the uh, the, but, uh, the people in the office. But Lord of the Dance was fucking massive in 97, so I guess it should come to a surprise, but yeah. Maybe a popularity contest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to give some honourable mentions again. Chris, get your opinion uh, on it. Okay, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> number eight, um, who was your favourite Spice Girl? Who do you think placed a number eight out of the Spice Girls? Jerry Halliwell. Um, you'd be wrong because it's all of them. <laughs> Why is it all of them? Collectively, number eight was just Spice Girls. As a collective. As a collective. Not so, an individual. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we're, I think we're unanimous decision yet yeah, this time, yeah, 97, yeah, Jerry Halliwell. But, yeah, number eight was Spice Girls. So it, it should have been the 54 uh, most beautiful people in the world. But, yeah, to stop them from fighting and throwing each other off the tour bus... I guess, yeah. The Union Jack uh, tour bus that jumped over Tower Bridge. In, oh, shit, uh, in yeah. Spice oh, of course, yeah. 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 Um, other honourable mentions was uh, number 11, Leonardo DiCaprio, so yeah. just outside the top 10. But I guess in, in the top 10, there wasn't many well, looks. That's, so yeah, he's, he's... yeah, that's all right. But 1997, that was the year Titanic was released oh, yes, as well. Yeah. So, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. I'd be, I'd be interested to know if this list was done either at the end of the year, beginning of the year, because that could have changed his position with uh, Maybe. the Titanic. Um, Jim Carrey, number 13. Really? Yeah. Strange one. But then again, humour. Humour uh, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, and Jim Carrey, you know, not, not everybody's a huge fan of his. He's done some questionable things, particularly in recent years. But in the 90s, he was, many people would have said he was the funniest man in the world. Um, another honourable mentions to um, both um, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, of course, big in the 80s and 90s. Only getting 28 and 29. Yeah, oh. that, that quite surprised me, to be honest. I mean, even though this is collectively uh, women and uh, men as well, but still, that probably would make them probably still outside the top 10 of men, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, this is women and men. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, Even though, you know, they're still not in the top 10, possibly with men. So how the hell did Michael Flatley get number two? I mean, we don't know what their standards of beauty are, but... Most standards of beauty Michael Fatley would not fall into. <laughs> Does he ever appear in Sabrina? No, I, 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 probably not. But if he does, I hope so. Just cause I want to refer to him as the most beautiful man in the world every time he's mentioned. But I don't think I'll have much opportunity to mention him in future. So. No. Well, we at least we get to reference um, gold, uh, good old Doug the ski instructor as uh, you know the forty second most, most beautiful, beautiful man in the world. world. But is he the most beautiful man on Mars? <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the creepiest man on Mars, oh, well, as, yeah. as, as we'll find out. Um, while, while we're still talking about the 42nd most beautiful man in the world yes she had a plan which was to call Harvey who is essentially waiting for a call okay you see that plan through and then you pursue the 42nd most beautiful man in the world yeah mm. that is what you do but what, what, what if poor form but what if you were um, busy if you were on Mars and you were going to ring a, a girlfriend or a wife or, mm-hmm. or a partner and, mm-hmm. and suddenly um Audrey Hepburn sort of walked in. We always bring her up because that's your dream Yeah, woman. that's true. That is um, dream I mean, even whether she just rocked up in Mars as as she was or as a corpse. No, you'd still like... If you saw... Yeah, but if you saw Audrey Hepburn, <laughs> you'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> you're dead! So then that would be different. No, no, no. Okay. In this hypothetical situ- situation, yeah. as you very much know, I'm single. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. And I was waiting to call my significant other because we had a designated time to call... And I saw Audrey Hepburn walk past, okay, and she introduced herself to me as my ski instructor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm, I'm playing the scenario out. Oh my god, you're Audrey Hepburn. I'm here to teach you skiing. Great. (laughs) Then what I would do is go, Audrey... Wonderful to meet you. I've just got to make a phone call, and then we'll go out and see <laughs> And that's what you do. I love how polite you Lovely to meet you. I'm just going to ring my wife, I'm going to leave her, and then we'll go and do it. Then the Audrey Hepburn, you will teach me to ski. <laughs> that... That is what I would personally do. If I was on Mars and my ski instructor was Audrey Hepburn and I had a wife just, just, who was just waiting for my Audrey Hepburn ski instructor just really... Yeah, lovely to meet you. Yeah. Really lovely. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Warren heads over to Hilda, presumably to try and flirt with her. Hilda, not having any of it, tells him to be straight with her instead of palming her off just to impress her. So ignoring that, he tells her he's a secret agent and wonders if she's married. 
Which brought me to wonder if he is a secret agent, right? He, which he, he states he is. He states he's pursuing uh, Doctor Psychops and uh, <laughs> some nefarious plot he's uh, um, attempting that Warren has to foil. If Warren is a secret agent, does that therefore mean he may not be a witch, in spite of being surrounded by witches on Mars? Could he be mortal? Could it be that the Secret Service, much like many suppose that they know about the existence of aliens and keep it from the rest of us, could they know about the existence of the witching realm? Oh, oh. Well, well, we know that mortals can travel to the other realm. Yeah, we've we've seen had, that happen. We've, had, we've seen that happen. So, I, because I we, see, we see Doug the Skeen instructor, he uses magic. So with that, we assume that he's everyone dead. there yeah. is, a witch. Is, is a witch. Oh yeah, because he's only he's got that poison toothpick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warren has gadgets. This is the thing. See, he has. Gadgets like uh, a poison toothpick, which he wants to sort of trick uh, Doctor Cyclops into using, and he mm-hmm. says, "Oh yeah, that would be great for if he's just had corn on the cob or what have you." And you know, there's there's other. It's, it's a pen which is a vaporizer. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. So, so he's clearly not equipped to take down Doctor Cyclops with magic. It's in, it's entirely possible that. And then later on in the episode, they uh, the the Mars probe oh, goes shit. overhead, yeah, yeah. and and they go wave to the Mars probe. And obviously the Mars probe then sends a photograph down to NASA. And NASA probably know about witches, so they could be like, right, well, we'll, we'll cover that up, you know, we'll stuff that in the archive. And you can use it as a souvenir. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like and, a yeah. ride. And we, and we, yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we won't send that to the press, we'll just send the bits that don't have witches waving on them. Uh, and, so Doctor, yeah. and Dr. Cyclops is also uh, a mortal who's found the other realm and is using that to his advantage to escape the authorities, which is why Warren has had to be sent after him to Mars! There we go. And would you not like to see that film? <laughs> exactly. Chris, Chris Elliott could finally get his starring role. No longer would he be that guy, he'd be the, the guy. guy. He yeah. would be Warren, special agent. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because when, when, when the Mars probe comes, they're not like, shit, yeah, oh, yeah. oh quick, hide, hide from it. They openly wave, so they are aware that waving at the Mars space probe is completely fine. Which also means that government officials in higher positions are very aware of the witching and wizarding world which supports our hypothesis that Harry Potter and Sabrina the Teenage Witch are in fact the same universe. Yeah, because it's exactly the same. The Muggle Prime Minister meets with the Minister of Magic and talks about how they can continue to keep it all under wraps. That's that's a, a scene you see at the beginning of one of the Harry Potter books. So, yeah. Fucking hell, we're blowing this wide open. Yeah. And especially the fact that even though this uh, is a show about, well, this is an episode about space and magic, I think our argument was pretty solid. <laughs> I, I think so, I think. It's a, it, we, 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 used, we used things that we saw in a logical way and pieced them together to make sense. We could be the official gatekeepers of the Sabrina expanded universe because you know we've thought, yeah, we thought, we've sort of thought of how this you know this sort of tiny little corner of you know this fantasy sitcom could apply to the wider world and the geopolitical reality so we 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 are like a cross between Sherlock and the Three Stooges that's exactly what we are <laughs> that's exactly what we are yeah wow I'd love to see the next James Bond film where James Bond is openly talking about witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly, I'd much rather see Connery James Bond deal with it <laughs> and him to call it sorcery. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Miss Moneypenny, oh. get me my wand. <laughs> Zelda, we're going skiing. <laughs> yeah, do you reckon like Sean Connery would step into like a filing cabinet and get filed away and, <laughs> and that's it, he's transported to the, the other realm. Wow. So just so what this episode has told us is not the conflicting relationship between, uh, between Sabrina, Harvey and Doug the Ski Instructor, but that it proves that NASA and the higher-ups know about witchcraft and are keeping it under wraps. Yes. Well done, boys. Can we shake each other's hands about how, uh, how amazingly intelligent that whole conversation was? Well done. Well, well done. done. Well done, boys. Well done. We join Sabrina and Doug at the top of a large Martian mountain. The short lesson begins, literally, as just a wave of his magic finger, she can ski. Just like that. Uh, they then race each other down the mountain. Um, where, well, the, the stock footage shows them wearing a completely different outfit to yes. the instructors. I mean, the, they, they, they did try, yeah, yeah. I guess, but uh, at the end of the day, 
failed. <laughs> Stunt Sabrina, or Stock Sabrina, yeah. as, Stock. Well as, as well as probably being a man, has a backpack on, and Mr. John Hart doesn't. Uh, and also isn't wearing a hat, and you can quite clearly see his yeah. or her hair yeah. They're flowing about. wearing red, but it's definitely a different ski suit. <laughs> it is a completely different ski suit. Yeah, so it's a different colour scheme. Oh, fucking hell, Phil. Sorry. It's like a really good tennis rally, and then you just sort of just knocked it like <laughs> sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it's raining and Cliff Richards come on to see what's, what's going on back in the lodge and Hilda is trying to break down and understand Warren's secret agent mission as we said a dangerous quest to kill Dr. Cyclops Dr. Cyclops <laughs> amusing him she questions his case his motives his gadgets like a seemingly poisoned toothpick yes. as we uh, discussed already uh, Sabrina and Doug return to the lodge and Hilda tells her that it's time for a big family dinner so you missed you missed another joke out there oh, mate. sorry yeah it was fine it was like Hilda asks uh, Warren about uh, Dr. Cyclops and he's like is he actually a doctor and Warren goes no 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 he's not a doctor he does have a PhD but he's not a doctor <laughs> Yeah, because they're all like Doctor Evil. Was Doctor Evil? Did he have a PhD in uh, evil? Yeah, evil no, he studies? did. Yeah, 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 he did. All he bragged is, about it. All his years as an evil doctor, he uh, yeah. used to brag about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do- Doctor X from Action Man. <laughs> is he a doctor? <laughs> doctor Octopus. Yeah, they usually are doctors. You know, they, they they might do a lot of things wrong, but they are not forging medical qualifications. So. <laughs> no. Doctor and the medics. That's what I was trying to think. Doctor, of. Doctor and the medics. Yeah, he probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he probably <laughs> wasn't probably, a doctor. No, prob- probably doctor of doctor of glam rock. <laughs> um. uh, yeah. So amusing. She questions his cases, motives, and his gadgets. Uh, Sabrina and Doug return to the lodge, and Hilda tells her that it's time for a big family dinner. But Sabrina and Doug have made plans. As a Zelda who is set for night skiing, it's a bit dangerous, uh, causing Hilda and unfortunately Weird Warren to go to dinner together instead. Sabrina and Doug sit by a volcano with hot chocolate and cribbage. Yeah, they have an indoor volcano, like a miniature volcano in there, this, uh, this place. And that, that, that's their source of heating rather than an open log fire or something yeah, that we'd, yeah. you'd expect in a lodge. No, 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 we're on Mars. We get a volcano. Yeah, yeah. incorporating well, the Martian landscape into the resort. It's very yeah. Otherwise, it would just look like a scene from uh, Die Another Day. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> More James Bond in this, yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, that was an Probably awful Gus- Bond. Gustav Graves isn't going to fire his laser at it and melt, uh, melt the uh, resort. Yeah. Um, well, he said like this is the perfect time to go to Mars uh, on holiday because uh, if you leave it later on in the year, the rooms turn to slush. So surely a volcano will aid that. Then definitely. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we understand how the volcano and the ice sort of coexist? But, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, oh, nice feature. Yeah, nice feature. It's the same way that you get underwater volcanoes. It doesn't make any sense, but it's there. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. We cut to Harvey in his bedroom, playing his guitar and staring at his alarm clock. And breaking our hearts. <laughs> oh my god. He has a massive smile on his face because it's 8.59. One minute till Sabrina said she'd call him. He slides the phone next to him, waiting for Sabrina to make that call. We're back at the lodge and Sabrina and Doug are talking about their talking pets. Suddenly, loud music kicks in. I mean, suddenly, it's just this disco. This Is it a real disco, Chris? No, it doesn't have the balloons it have coming the balloons, down. Is it? I thought the balloons were the fake discos. So naturally, Sabrina and Doug go and dance. Boys, this is where it starts to get heartbreaking. Um, we cut back to Harvey and it's 9.02. He's already frantically pacing up and down his bedroom with a sad look on his face. Eventually, after a montage of Harvey's upset face, it's 11.23. As, yeah, it's, he seems he spends two and a half hours just staring at his phone waiting for it to call. He even picks it up thinking she's going to be on the other end. And it just absolutely breaks your heart. Yeah. This character, Harvey, he is always there for Sabrina. When she was cold on the sidewalk of Boston, he put his arms around her. When Sabrina needed help with something, Harvey was there. When they wanted to study, they studied together. When Sabrina was down, Harvey tried to cheer her up. It's altogether a rather one-sided relationship mm. at this point in time. Harvey yeah. is giving it his all yeah. and getting nothing in return. Yeah. Yeah. If I was Harvey, I would be devastated as well. Well, he's, he's a little bit, but he's, he still calls up uh, the Spellman house to hopefully get a message to Sabrina. Uh, and we find Salem hosting his massive cat 
party. Fur and wool are flying everywhere. The catnip is is it's out. Flowing. There, there is a massive. Um, I think it's in the scene after it where we see the aftermath of the party. But there is a massive, and it says fifty pounds bag of catnip. Yeah, yeah. just on the uh, the ottoman in the room. But uh, yeah, so he's, it, there's things flying around. This cat's drunk. He's shouting. He's got yarn all over his face. So the phone rings and he goes to answer it. I mean, again, Chris, I know we don't get to see him answer it, but he answers the phone. And he's also actually well, let's talk about the party because. Um, how did these cats? Where did these cats come from? How did they get in the house? As he, are they just coming from the street? Are they climbing through the window. Cat like, flap. Cat. They are his old comrades from when he tried to take over the world. Yeah. they've all got names, though. But then again, cat-like pets have names. And things, so. <laughs> they do. Yes. Well, yes. But they're not just cat, <laughs> dog, <laughs> mouse. Cat one, cat two. <laughs> They do. <laughs> no, not that. Um, but, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like he, he well, talks to them as if, he, as if he knows who they are. Like that's what I mean. Like, are they are they just cats off the street that have been invited in, or are they they were once witches? Or well, no, Salem's a house cat. So other than once where we've seen him get thrown out, uh, and the time where he had his whole conversation with Coolio, mm-hmm. um, he, he's a house cat. So we would remain indoors. So I'm of the persuasion that these are here cats that he knows from the other realm who are witches familiars and could potentially all be his old comrades yeah the world domination club reunion yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he's hosting this big party where yeah cats have managed to get in he got invitations somewhere he, got, he made yeah he made calls out to people yeah he did <laughs> how does he use the phone <laughs> this is yeah, that's gonna get that's gonna go in your gravestone isn't it <laughs> yeah so yeah he's had this party uh, he's having a wicked time uh, Salem takes a message uh, the message being that um, Harvey just tells Salem that tell Sabrina I'm going to bed now I'll speak to her tomorrow Tim's just like oh great uh, back at the disco and is everyone is having a Thank wicked God. time Harvey called the, uh, the Spellman household knowing that they were all on holiday well, I guess he just assumes someone's going to look after the house. Yeah, he so no one's in. Salem, someone who's house sitting and feeding uh, the cat. Okay. Feeding the cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Salem doesn't answer the phone. And go, this is Salem. Yeah, the cat. So, <laughs> I'm that cat that I that said okay earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That makes okay. sense. Good. It's the next morning, and Sabrina is aching all over. Skiing is hard, she says, but disco is harder. Hilda tells her that Salem called with a message, so she calls him back where we find the aftermath of the cat party. Mess and passed out cats everywhere. And again, not to mention the huge £50 bag of catnip nearby. And the biggest ball of yarn ever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Despite his hangover, Salem successfully, well done, delivers the message that Harvey was going to sleep and hopes to hear from tomorrow. She says, oh, wise." Why would Harley be leaving me a message? And suddenly she's just remembered. She was supposed to call Harvey and she forgot. What a dick. (laughs) But she immediately goes to rectify it and she calls him up immediately. So she calls Harvey and he's obviously ecstatic to hear from it. It's not like I was waiting by the phone or something, he says. Bless him. Uh, He also excitedly tells her about the new socks and shirts he bought. Yeah, <laughs> and he can't wait to show them. That. Harvey's a man of such simple pleasures, and it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, she goes for another ski lesson, and finally, after five miles, she manages to catch up with Aunt Zelda. Sabrina tells Zelda her concerns that she wants to go on a picnic with Doug, but she's worried about hurting Harvey. She uh, says, "Sorry, but there was a really, really nice urn." <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, yes, this this urn. She catches up with Zelda because there's like a tea stop along like, the yes. ski trail. And there's the most gorgeous, ornate, like, golden, like, tea urn, like, you'd see on the Antiques Roadshow. Beautiful stuff. Uh, that's oh, it. That, yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah that's great urn. Anyway, it was, carry on. It was an amazing urn. <laughs> okay. um, so, Sabrina tells Zelda her concerns that she wants to go on a picnic with Doug, but she's worried about hurting Harvey. She says, how can I like Doug and like Harvey, she says. Zelda says she has to weigh up her decisions, having fun with Doug and hurting Harvey. Mm. So it's... It's very she's got to weigh like do you want to go out and have fun, which I'm sure you will, but you're gonna be hurting Harvey in the process. Okay. I'm gonna communicate this in a calm manner. Okay. <clears throat> Zelda is is clearly taking the uh, parental status of you need to make your own life choices. Mm-hmm. Uh therefore learning from your own mistakes. Which is fair, which is fair, but at the same time, Sabrina, you know it is wrong. Poor form. Sabrina suggests another option. Why don't I go with Doug and never tell Harvey? Zelda says, 
Listen, boys, this is important. Relationships are hard enough when you're completely honest. You start hiding things and you're taking a risk. Mm. Zelda tells Sabrina that only she can make the decision and she refuses to give her any guidance on it. So very grown up and very, well, it's a good moment for Sabrina to grow up and realise what's... Well, to kind of understand her well, being a teenager. Yeah, I mean, it's when you're taking advice from a 600-year-old woman who's never married, perhaps you shouldn't listen to her about relationships. <laughs> yeah. um, That's very, very true, Greg. But uh, in, again, we've already talked about this episode before. Um, the Halloween episode, um, Hilda mentioned that Zelda has... She's more in love with... Her intelligence and books and things. Well, that's fair enough. But don't ask people. But then, as, so what I'm saying is, as, as has, do you reckon she's ever been married or ever found? Well, well all I'm going to say is, uh, rather than going down this rabbit hole, I'm going to take us on, on the left turn. I would much prefer to take relationship advice from Zelda than from Hilda, that's true. as Hilda yeah. has got a Renaissance man imprisoned in one of her rings. Yes, and, and also um, nearly married Drell. Yeah, so. yeah. So. I... And without making you blood boil too much in the next episode, she nearly goes back to jail. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, no. Um, oh, poor, poor decision. <laughs> poor form. Poor, poor, poor form. Uh, back at the lodge, and Zelda clearly didn't wear enough sun cream. She's got a really red face. Warren comes over, introduces himself, and asks if it's time for dinner, before suddenly getting concerned about Doug when Zelda mentions him. And at this point, I thought, is he Dr. Cyclops? But I don't think it is. I think it's just him still trying to remind you, oh, yeah, he's yeah, still, yeah, I, still I'm a secret, a secret agent. agent yeah. um, turns out he has taken Sabrina on a picnic after all. This is Doug. In a crater, no less, but not just any crater, the best crater on all of Mars. It's a crater. How can there be good and bad craters? At the end of the day, if I said to a girl, let's go for a picnic in a crater... I uh, I doubt that girl would go with me. And the creepy vibe definitely continues as Doug confesses that he likes Sabrina and tries to kiss her. Now, boys, I know Sabrina is is an attractive young girl, but she's still 16 years old in this show, and every every, every bloke seems to fall in love with her. Well, not, not only that, like, with, well, with, with Doug in this um, scenario, like, just his... his um insistence his sort of she tells him about Harvey doesn't she yes yeah and he, he still keeps sort of pursuing the issue like this this Doug is, is a real he's a real rubber. <laughs> I, I, I do not like him at all no in this scenario I side with Doug you've taken a girl to oh, the nicest crater up to that point up to the point where you've taken her to the, the crater and like this is nice this is lovely yeah then try and kiss her obviously yeah. but when she's like oh no sorry got a boyfriend to still Try and do it. Well, well, no, he doesn't try. He requests. There's a difference. He He doesn't just like lean in and just attach himself to a face. He requests, which I think is okay. But he tries and tries again, and he tries to do everything to to worm his way in because he tries to kiss Sabrina. She's alarmed by his moves, and she uh, sort of backs off and says, "I can't just kiss you. Uh, uh, Sorry, I can't just kiss someone I barely know. We haven't even shaken hands yet." (laughs) <laughs> that plays if I like oh okay so she thinks this is like shaking hands is the equivalent of like guess, sex like, f- first base I guess in yeah. a way, like holding hands <laughs> they shake hands but Sabrina still isn't convinced and he says oh no no it, it's because uh, it's because I'm wearing gloves and it's like yeah so he they take gloves off and she shakes his hand again and he's like he says like now can I kiss you and she says no I've had better Handshakes, she means. Yeah, I've had better handshakes. 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 I've had better handshakes. When I shake Harvey's, um, she says, I feel... Hand. His hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I've shaken Harvey's hand... Yeah. um, She says she feels all sort of tingly, doesn't she? And she she gets like the butterflies, but when she she touches uh, Doug's hand, um, she... Nothing. it's sweaty. Yeah, there's, yeah, it doesn't doesn't do anything for her. I hold your hand and nothing. No, I Harvey, shake your hand and nothing. No. Harvey's hand is probably sweaty too, but the electricity sort of cancels it out. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, water is a conductor of electricity, well, there, yeah. so you know. Yeah. Um, so again, she isn't convinced and admits to him that she likes Harvey uh, because obviously the tingly sensations that she feels, which is kind of cute. Um, they finish their picnic together as friends, but that's not before Doug says tries to shake a hand and says, "Friends." She shakes his hand and he leans in and goes, anything? Uh, yeah, anything? And she's like, no. And it's like, okay, she said, I've got this boy at home that I uh, I really like. 
Um, I just see you as friends, and that's fine. And he still like tries to I didn't get like, in there. I, I didn't like Doug. Creepy, creepy man. He might be the forty-second most beautiful uh, person in nineteen ninety-seven, but he ain't no Harvey. No. Yeah. So. And it's at this point. That they wave to the Mars probe. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that brings on the whole sort of conspiracy that... That Warren is immortal and works for the mortal secret service and Dr. Cyclops is an interdimensional mortal traveller. Yeah. Maybe there'll be another episode about that. Probably not. Uh, at the lodge and Sabrina is on the phone, hopefully to Harvey, and Hilda and Zelda are all packed and ready to leave. Hilda is a little anxious about leaving as Warren said he was going to say goodbye before she left. So what if he was lying about everything, she says. He was very entertaining. On cue, Warren runs in and tells Hilda he had to abort his mission because he had to see her one more time. She gives him her phone number. Just as he gets trapped in some kind of vortex, uh, he shrinks down a bit and he's transported somewhere. Seems like he was telling the truth after all. Um, And then Zelda says something along the lines of, well, now we know he was telling the truth. If he manages to escape, I'm sure he'll call you. Yeah. And then Hilda says, we should give him my real phone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we laugh. We're like, oh, yeah. Hilda. Like, you, I mean, it's like she clearly is quite taken back by his weirdness, but she, she quite, kind of likes this, yeah. this man. She's like, he's kind of sweet. He was entertained, but she doesn't want to admit that this weird guy she's quite attracted to. Mm. So. Also, in, in, you know, there's possible... Uh, Future, there's possible love there for her, and she's not, you know, she's also, giving him a fake number. Also, it's worth saying the effects of Warren being minimized yeah. really fucking good again. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at some of the montages and the stock footage and the green screen or back it's... projection, whatever it is in, in this episode. But when it comes to something like this, like something transforming or altering state, it's always excellent. Yeah, let me put you this way, guys. The reason why it's terrible stock footage and awful montages and terrible backdrops is because they spent their entire budget on the special effects, and it was worth it. Yeah, yeah it's it worth it's worth everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so he vanishes, and um, you know, spoiler alert, we see a little bit more from him right at the end. Uh, we're back at the Spellmans as they've returned from their holiday, and Sabrina barges into her room to find it ransacked, complete with a giant ball of yarn and several passed out cats. But my, my favourite line of the episode. Is is what comes next from Salem? The oh. catnip's not mine. Yeah, someone brought the catnip. It's not mine. Uh, and then she leaves, slams her, and he goes, "Oh my head!" <laughs> and we Nick Bakai's wonderful uh, crying Salem. Yeah, I mean they've been away for six days, haven't yeah. they? A Salem hosted a six-day bender with. Oh, yes. I reckon. Oh, so yeah. Salem is exactly that kind of guy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, so the doorbell goes and Harvey's here. Yay! Uh, and he's here to show off his socks and his shirt. Oh. Yay again. Um, he says, oh, can we go to the slicery to show them off? <laughs> oh, please. Uh, but Serena invites him inside and wants to have a chat with him about serious things. Ooh. They sit on the stairs and she tells him that while she was away, she met an amazing guy who wasn't as amazing as him and it made her realise how much she liked him. Harvey says that whilst they're being honest he'd like to say something too. That if Sabrina ever goes away again and meets an amazing guy to never tell him. Agreed. Yes. I, I think yeah, he's very much so. Bob yeah. on there. Bob on. Um, they shake hands and Sabrina goes all tingly. Aww. Did you think Sabrina was doing the right thing telling Harvey that she had this Almost romance. I suppose again, they're sort of encountering all these, encountering all these situations for the first time, um, which I guess is sort of the one sort of like ex, um, excuse, like mitigating factor you can give for all of it is it's all new to to them and to her. Um, so I, I think you know, like she feels bad, and she feels that like in that situation, honesty is the best policy. I mean, I wholeheartedly, I wish I'd watched this episode. Before I did something similar, I I was I'm on Sabrina's side of if something's happened, you've got to be honest and tell them. When uh, one of my first uh, relationships, my first girlfriend, when we split up, she said, "If if you ever get together with someone, tell me first. I don't want to find out from anyone else." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. I'm an honest, sweet guy." Um, so I hooked up with someone else on Christmas Eve and told her immediately, and she said she had the worst Christmas she'd ever had. <laughs> <laughs> 
poor girl. But... <laughs> I, I was being honest. I was. I, oh I, no 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 no. She no. she texted me back saying like, oh my god, why have you told me this? Blah blah. And I said, well, you asked me to tell you oh. as soon as it happens, and you were being very binary about it, yeah. and not really sort of factoring in the the. Um, the time of year. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. I was just following Jesus, instructions man. and she shouted at me for it, so... Oh, well done. <laughs> so the credits roll and we find Secret Agent Warren tied down with a gang of evil medical practitioners surrounding them, sort of about to cut into him and he's saying, I- I'm just an insurance salesman, look, let me give you some prices. I mean, what's the average time that you'll die? And starts killing them all with his... Uh, with his phaser pen. With his phaser pen, kills them all, does an evil laugh and the episode finishes. That is... That is that is cool. That was that was on par with um, I think Mr. Pool fighting the evil insects at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's great for a a minor character, or, or especially a character who's probably not in the series ever again, to end the episode. I really really liked yeah. that. It was very yeah, very yeah, funny. It sort of completed his story. Yeah, yeah. He escaped from Doctor Cyclops's evil medical practitioners, as you so eloquently yeah. put it, and is now still on the hunt. Dr. Cyclops himself. That is the end of episode 16, boys. Mars Attracts, how did we find it? Graham, first of all, did you enjoy this episode? I did. I always enjoy sort of when they sort of take a break from the norm and certainly going to another whole planet was a break from the norm. I, I think um, this episode accomplished quite a lot. It sort of did sort of, uh, obviously, its central uh, point was the um, you know Harvey and Sabrina relationship and so almost, almost sort of gave a bit of an explanation as to why it's been sort of a very sort of ill-defined sort of um, point recently um, and yeah there was, there was some very cute things there I mean you know Sabrina as, as we said I, I do think that you know Sabrina should already know that some of these sort of things she's doing some of the ways in which she's taking advantage of Harvey aren't cool without having to sort of have it spelled out for her but nonetheless I mean you know that's sort of how um, these shows are going to work that's how you sort of play relationship drama in like a teen sitcom so that's fine and you know I thought that the um, dog as a character I, I didn't really enjoy but then maybe he wasn't supposed to be massively mm-hmm. likeable because you not want you don't want Sabrina to consider him above Harvey but Warren the Secret Agent was the um, best um, guest character I think we've had so far I, I agree yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, th- I thought you know I thought that uh, Chris Elliott did a, uh, a very funny job of playing him and just, just the, the wild card ingredient of what we believe to be immortal in the um, witching world um, and just just generally like if you do it well there is nothing funnier than a spoof secret agent <laughs> and that was proven here and uh, Chris uh, to you something that you praised in the last episode we watched that it, it, the last episode uh, Teenagers was very linear it just took yeah. place well, did, you, did you enjoy this episode as well because of that? Uh, I enjoyed this episode because of all the miniature storylines. Yes, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, there, there's mini storylines in every episode, but this one seemed to have a little bit more detail given to each mm. of them. For example, Zelda and a skiing, the midnight ski, the uh, the urn and the little tea section. You've got Hilda and Warren, the secret agent little storyline. You've got Salem throwing a rager back at the Spellman household. Again, lovely little storyline. Yeah. And then you've got the two storylines of Sabrina where she's with Doug and she's with Harvey. Yeah. So it was it was that that made it for me. Yeah. It was it was the the yes, it was it didn't feel like they were away for six days, because that's how long they were meant to be away yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. But I, I you could probably summarise it in three days sort of thing. Yeah. Three things happened, etc. Yeah. etc. But it was the little storylines yeah. that all sort of Coexisted within the episode that worked really well. Yeah, very carefully crafted yeah. episode. This one, definitely. Yeah, I yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode. It, uh, it's something that Sabrina Teenage Witch tends to do. It makes really far-fetched things seem kind of believable. And watching yeah. this episode made me go, yeah, going to holiday on Mars. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that's it. Just you know, it was it was a nice story. Yeah, again, I liked the multiple little storylines that were going on, and and I liked how in the past couple of episodes. After her having a bit of an awful dickheady streak, Sabrina is maturing. She, I think slowly, she's yeah. she's gradually becoming a better character after we realise that perhaps she's the worst character in the in the show. <laughs> yeah, but she's maturing, and you know I'm starting to respect, her and I do like that she's growing as the show progresses. And yeah, this this show was an excellent um, symbol of that, and the next episode as well just keeps it going. She matures even more on that. But before we go into what the next episode is about, it's that time again where Chris 
is our rank master. At the end of every episode, he uh, starts the ball off. He tells us what grade he's a mark in the episode out of and why. And me and Graham have to match it. Okay, for this one, as I previously said, it's like if I, I'm going to take each individual story and take an average from that, oh, if that makes sense. So, for example, Salem's <laughs> Rager. Yeah. Okay, if that was its own individual episode and we got to see it in the full 30 minutes. That's a 9 out of 10 right there. Yeah. I would have yeah. liked to have seen the cats being invited in, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, exactly. You know. I want to see I, I want to see how a catnip got in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is there a catnip dealer? A cat upside down on a keg beer. <laughs> yeah. 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 On a beer bong or something. That, yeah. that, that's a solid 9. Did okay. he drive his car through the <laughs> Exactly. Um, the uh, Warren Hilda storyline, Warren the secret agent. I want to see more of that. Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm not. it's not as good as the Salem Rager just because it's Salem so that's that's an 8 yeah we got enough of it but yeah. I would like even though it would never happen I would like to have seen Warren like, get the another mission. episode yeah, about yeah. I want, I want yeah. Warren to get the the mission to travel to Mars how did he get there did he go in the filing cabinet you know yeah. then he meets Hilda and then everything starts falling apart but I want to see his little investigations etc throughout um, Zelda's skiing holiday that would have been very dull. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, she just skied. Uh, uh, unless they came up with, like, uh, she runs into a Yeti during the night ski or something. Yeah. Um, and then you've got two aspects of Sabrina. I'm giving the Doug Sabrina one. That's that's like a four. I yeah. wasn't too impressed with it. But then the, the Harvey Sabrina storyline. Because it did move forward yeah. and the complete thing, that gets a six. So right. we got a nine and eight. A three, a four, and a six. Yeah. So uh, with the five areas that we're looking at, that gives it a six. Six Beth Broderick's tight pants out of sheer. <laughs> <laughs> the last one was about a midriff. Is this going to be a? Uh... I think I've got a running theme now. <laughs> okay. Something about Beth Broderick. And a program which I have a lot of uh, enjoyment out of this episode. So I'd, I'd probably. Give it a solid 7.5 Beth Roderick's tight pants out of shit. <laughs> I think I'd go for about the same. I'm going to go for 7. I'm going to go for, for just a, a whole number. So I'm going to go also for 7 Beth Roderick's tight pants out of shit. So for the next episode, boys, episode 17. My, my. I'm going to tell you the uh, title of yes. the episode and you're going to uh, have a guess at what you think it might be about. Uh, this one is not one of the most difficult ones. Uh, episode 17 is called First Kiss. Oh. <laughs> um, Graham, what do you think episode 17 First Kiss is going to be about? Do Sabrina and Harvey have their first kiss? Maybe other people have their first kisses as well. Does Salem get his first kiss from a lady cat? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. So yeah, so something about kissing. Okay, so we're, I'm st- it's still the first kiss. Yeah, okay. But what I'm going to go for is it's Sabrina's first kiss with the body of Harvey, but his mind gets transplanted by someone with someone else's Okay. I don't know. It's, it, it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Anything can happen. We've that's, just been on Mars. That's uh, that's kind of on the right lines. It's more oh, to do fuck. with... Again, it, have I sort of got it? Kind of, yeah. It, it brings sort of um, fairy tale into real world. So first kiss, episode 17. Sabrina kisses Harvey for the first time, which unfortunately turns him into a frog. Wow. Oh. Ribbit. Great. <laughs> so... Um, why? Well, it, we'll find out okay. why. It's uh, it's just one of those sort of fairy tale things. Just so, and it's coming in the real world, like we've had witches' warts and broomsticks. Oh, so we know we've got boys, princes, I guess, turning into frogs. Wow! So let's find out how that pans out. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us for this episode, episode sixteen, Mars Attracts. Thank you very much, Chris, for contributing. No worries. And thank you very much for contributing. Also, Graham Ray. A whale's heart is a blue whale's heart. Sorry, is the size of a Ford Fiesta. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats. So whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.